0: Hey, welcome to the Coach Bono's podcast on the studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisor Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bono's Show. Uh, check out the Facebook page. You search for Coach Bono's Show. You'll find it there. And you can email us at coachbonosshow@gmail.com. Show at gmail.com. And this is episode 43. And today is going to be an all-wrestling episode. As I'm getting ready to go this coming weekend on Sunday, I'll be at the AEW pay-per-view, the Forbidden Door. Uh, I'll be taking my son, P. Money. He'll be making his debut here on the podcast next Monday. Uh, So I wanted to get in here and just kind of uh, prep what's going on. There's a lot of news in the wrestling world, and so I wanted to talk about it. Uh, We were going to get Hayden Fallick in here Unfortunately, Hayden said some personal things. He is out today, and uh, we're going to be jumping in with Hayden here in the next couple of weeks to kind of follow up Forbidden Door and before WWS SummerSlam. But uh, a few different subjects I want to talk touch on. Uh, first one, the biggest thing in wrestling going on, even I think bigger right now story-wise than the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, is Vince McMahon and some of the issues that he has had. Uh, Vince McMahon has temporarily stepped down as the CEO and chairman of the board of the WWE. Uh, if you haven't heard, this is huge news. I mean, Vince McMahon has owned the WWE, uh, and he's been the majority voting rights shareholder since it's been public. Uh, We've we got in a situation where it looks like he had a uh, an affair with an employee, uh, paid a, um, reportedly $3 million, or a, Three million dollar payout over a couple of years, as I understand, to that employee, who had uh, was a paralegal. It uh, was not a talent. It was a paralegal, who was hired, then promoted or given a raise, and then um, later on left. And Vince looks like he paid her off. Um, and now the board of the directors of the WWE wants to look into not just this event. Now, Vince McMahon claims that this um, particular payout was made out of his own money, not with uh, funds from the company, which would be a huge uh, deal if it was with the company funds. That would be um, that would be illegal. It would also be uh, grounds for him to be fired as chairman. Um, my understanding of what he's claimed so far is that this is all, you know, there's an NDA and the things that were paid were paid out of his own funds. Uh, John Laurinaitis, the head of talent relations, people might know him as Johnny Ace back in the day. Um, He's been implicated as that he is also part of the NDA. And I guess the uh, WWE board is now looking at further NDAs that have happened over the years between McMahon and other former employees, maybe even talent. So, uh, a big investigation coming. Uh, if you hadn't seen a couple of weeks before this news came out, news came out early last week. We recorded this on Monday, uh, the 20th. Uh, early last week, before that, a couple of weeks before, Stephanie McMahon, Vince's daughter, had stepped down from the WWE in her position, and now she has been named the interim CEO while Vince is... Um, no longer involved with the day-to-day operations he will be um the still in head of uh of, um, i'm sorry of creative control so he'll still be the guy writing or the head of the writing team i guess for what we see on television um this story really broke last week and then middle of the week i think it was either tuesday or wednesday um, Vince McMahon stepping down, Vince McMahon then appeared on SmackDown, uh, came out, spoke to the crowd, really, it was said it was in character before I say Mr. McMahon, not Vince McMahon, um, but it was a very short promo stating, hey, uh, we've always been, you know, as the tagline goes, you know, there was a now forever, the end forever together, and, um, I don't know. I I kind of was of two minds about it when I watched it. One, I thought it was, in a way, his goodbye. I don't know what's going to happen. Visit Man's seventy six years old. Um, I don't know if he gets through this. I don't know if he comes back as CEO in the future for him. And uh, I think that's maybe was his way of saying goodbye. And of course, people are going to read into it. And I read into it as well. The idea of him saying, well, despite all this other stuff, I'm still Vince McMahon, damn it. And I can come on television whenever I want on my show. So, um, you know, I didn't, I tried not to read too much into it, but I do think it could have been taken both ways. It's interesting to see what's going on. Right now, I think what's going on behind the scenes in the WWE is more interesting than anything on the show in WWE. And uh, this piece with Vince McMahon, to see what's going to happen, is he going to uh, survive this as CEO? Um, a part of me says, no, I don't think so. I think this is going to be it. I think the board is going to um, recommend that he step down, and I think he you know, he still has controlling shares, and he owns quite a bit of the company. You know, They've been in a sell mode for quite some time. Honestly, it might be better. For that company and for shareholders, if Vince McMahon did step down, I think he could be more apt to getting someone to come in and buy the company, which it looks like has been the goal. Uh, I heard some whispers over the weekend as well that Vince McMahon may come up and decide to um, put a bid together to take the company private. Uh, I don't know. That'd be a little difficult at this point. But, I mean, he has quite a bit of the equity still, so he'd have to get someone to help him with the financing, but I guess he could do it. I don't see what the use of doing that would be, more than just to keep himself in control. Um, I do think what we'll see in this case is a a pretty long uh, situation, a long investigation, probably a few months. And I would think that... If found that these NDAs and payoffs are made with his own money, then he may have the chance to come back. But if it's more than one or two of these, if there's a number of these situations, if it's felt like this is a situation where an unsafe working environment, especially for women, uh, I'm not trying to be sexist in that way, I'm just trying to say in an athletic situation, you know, a, a male with an ego like a Vince McMahon could make it an un, unsafe working environment, Emotionally for ladies, um, that sort of thing. But I uh, I think if we look at that sort of thing, I do think that this is probably Vince McMahon's is cooked on this one. I think that this is going to be the last time. And it may be the last time we've seen him on television. So we'll see. Um, interesting stuff there with the whole Vince McMahon piece and what's going on with WWE. Like I said, I think the stuff behind the scenes right now is better than what's happening in front of the camera for sure. Next piece of WWE business I want to get into, and then we're going to transition over to uh, AEW here in a minute, is uh, some Sasha Banks stuff. Um, There has been a couple of unconfirmed reports that Sasha Banks has been released by the WWE. Uh, For those who haven't seen, Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of the WWE about three weeks ago. Uh, Sasha, I believe, has asked for her... um, her release, I don't know if Naomi has. I don't think she has, actually. Um, there is some talk that Sasha Banks has been granted a release, but neither side has gone public with any final you know, yes or no on whether there's been a release there or not. I suspect that Sasha Banks will not be in wrestling for a while. Um, I, she's under contract with WWE if they release her. I don't expect her to just jump right over to AEW. I think that that's something that I think she knows she will have in her back pocket if she needs to. But I think we'll see Sasha Banks more in Hollywood. She's already had the piece in The Mandalorian, which went over very, very well. Um, she's a very, very beautiful lady. She's someone who can act. She's got charisma. It just comes off her. And I think she would find herself very successful in Hollywood. So I, I think we'll see that more likely. Um, and I don't... Right now, if I had to guess, I don't think she has been released. I think that that was sort of a preemptive, you know, we'll see. I think if it has happened or when it does happen, I think that there will be one side or the other come out and say, yes, there's been a release, um, just to see what's going to happen. It would behoove Sasha to get that information out there, to make her a free agent, to see if AEW wanted to bring her in. Um, I wouldn't see that, you know, I don't think that Impact could afford her. And I don't think that, um, I mean, she may be willing to go over to New Japan, but I think that that would be something that maybe later in the year, maybe getting ready for their big show, Wrestle Kingdom, which is usually in January. So I, I don't think that right now she's uh, been released. But that, again, there was some reporting Last week, that she had been nothing from either side as of yet, but we'll see what happens there. I don't think they'll amicably make back up and be back and see Sasha Banks on WWE television anytime soon. Last piece on WWE, and it kind of puts WWE and AEW together. And this is the rash of injuries in wrestling right now. On the WWE side, you know, famously Cody Rhodes is now hurt. Uh, he is going to be out for, uh, looking at nine months from, uh, having a torn peck and having surgery. Randy Orton is out for the rest of the year from what we're hearing with a back issue on the AEW side. CM Punk is hurt. Brian Danielson has not returned yet from his injury. Uh, and Kenny Omega is still hurting out there there, although there's some whispers that maybe we'll see Kenny Omega soon. I don't think what will happen soon either, but, um, I've, it's amazing all these things have happened at once. It's really hurt WWE, in my view, more than AEW. And I'll tell you why. The Cody thing. Cody is the most over guy they've got. He is the most important guy. Even in this short period of time, he's only been there since really April, since WrestleMania, it's only in those couple of months. But WWE does a poor job of building new characters to the top level. Um, I think what, the biggest reason for that, I've heard these over the last couple of years, that WWE is afraid of making big-time stars like The Rock, like Steve Austin. Um, they don't want them to leave and go to Hollywood. Roman Reigns is about to do the same thing. And when you see that and you go, okay, well, what what is selling your product? What's filling up those big stadium shows? Right now, they've got stadium shows, you know, scheduled in Saudi Arabia. They've had to move their money in the bank uh, pay-per-view from the stadium in uh, Las Vegas to an arena, to the, uh, I think it's the MGM Grand or Mandalay Bay, one of the other arenas. Um, They've had to do that where they were going to be in Alliance Stadium, Allegiant Stadium. Uh, Now they're going to be doing that. It's they had to bring back, they had to do the break break glass in case of emergency and bring back Brock Lesnar this past week to help him with SummerSlam. So we'll see Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. I think this is the eighth time they will have fought at a pay-per-view uh, coming up at SummerSlam. And it's just more recycling of the same stuff. And it's because they've done such a poor job, WWE has, of elevating their talent to the top level. Uh, They've lost any momentum in Becky Lynch. They've lost momentum in Seth Rollins. Cody, I think, was the best thing they had going and definitely going to be their next big superstar. And he gets hurt. Um, They've got Roman Reigns. That's it at this point. I know a lot of people are high on Seth Rollins. I think he's phenomenal in the ring, but I don't think he can... I don't understand what his current character is. I think his promos are bad, uh, but I just I, they've really done a really poor job in WWE. Um, one thing I think they definitely should do is push Gunther, the former Walter. Uh, I think the I think Walter's incredible. I can't get used to calling him Gunther. He's now the Intercontinental Champion, that, right? mm-hmm. but he is incredible, and I think he'll be the next big one pushed there. But WWE, those injuries are killing him. On the AEW side. CM Punk getting hurt. It's sneak, I think they're snake bitten a little bit there. You know, they come up with their new Forbidden Door pay per view, the big thing with New Japan, and now they don't have CM Punk. It looks like they're not going to have Brian Danielson. Um, we're going to talk more about Forbidden Door here in a moment, and uh, we're going to transition here over to AEW. And before we transition over completely to AEW, which we're going to do a lot of talk about. I want to uh, talk about our, our podcast sponsor this week, and that is Goldbelly. Uh Goldbelly's back with us and they have a big special going on right now. Are you a cheesesteak lover? Do you like Pat's Cheesesteaks from Philadelphia, the original Philadelphia cheesesteak? Right now, Goldbelly's got 30% off on Pat's Cheesesteaks. They have a big sale. You can check it out, goldbelly.com. You can check out our uh, In our show notes, we'll have the link where you can save an additional $25 on your first order of $50 or more. Check it out. Uh, I've already ordered some Pat's cheese sticks, and they're coming soon, so some fun stuff to do there. You can check out meal kits, stuff from all around the country, your favorite restaurants, and some of the stuff on here as well. Uh, You can send gifts to your friends or family, to clients, If you got clients and you want to send something corporate gift-wise that you're thinking, wow, this could really make an impression, check out some of the stuff they've got there, everything from cakes to pies to cookies. I sent some cookies to a friend of mine for her birthday last month, and it was just all around all good. So I hope you get a chance. Check us out. We want to thank Goldbelly for sponsoring the podcast today. And uh, don't forget, click, check our show notes. Click the link, save $25 on your first out, first order of $50 or more. All right, we're going to get into some of the um, AEW stuff. Before we get too far, I do want to do the one kind of behind the scenes, ooh, this has happened thing, that's Jeff Hardy getting arrested. Uh, Jeff Hardy was arrested uh, about a week and a half ago now. Uh, he got a DUI three times over the limit. Uh, 9.30 in the morning. This wasn't like it was 2 a.m. and he was leaving the bar. This was 9.30 in the morning. Uh, this happened on a Friday. This would have been around the, uh, the, the 10th that Jeff Hardy was arrested. Um, AEW has come out since and said that they're not going to let him back on television until he goes to rehab. I think that's exactly the right move. Uh, it does show me that WWE knew what they were doing, letting Jeff Hardy go. And I think they've known what they were doing when they let a few talents go now. Uh, if you look at things like Andrade, like um, the, the now Malachi Black, he was Aleister Black in WWE, these have not been great additions. Keith Lee, another one. They have not been great additions to the AEW roster, but they've just been another guy. And for WWE, it's kind of saved them from not putting stuff behind someone who's not the guy. I think that Jeff Hardy has got some problems. I don't want to, I don't know Jeff Hardy, obviously, but there's some issues here. And I, I hope that he gets some things straightened out. I hope he takes care of himself and he's in a better place. Um, I hate to see someone go through that, but at the same time, this is someone who clearly needs help. He gets a DUI, he had a suspended license. Um, this is going to be his third DUI. This probably, he would probably benefit not just from some sort of rehab, but probably some sort of incarceration. And maybe that'll help him. So we're, I'm rooting for you. I've never been a huge fan, but I have i don't want to see anything bad happen to apparently good people. And that's a the thing there. So the other piece I'm going to talk about, we're going to talk at length about here for the next few minutes, is the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Now, I attended Dynamite back on the 8th. Um, I took my son. We went to Dynamite and Independence, Missouri, so Kansas City. Um, it was a pretty good time. It, uh, you didn't have no CM Punk, no Brian Danielson. Um, they were still trying to figure out what the card is for this, um, for this forbidden door pay-per-view. I mean, they were two weeks out and still not really a lot of stuff confirmed. Um, what we did see was that was the uh, they had the they had the um, the Battle Royal, which I thought was a kind of a clusterfuck to watch in person. Um, I do like that Kyle O'Reilly won. I think AEW is trying to boost Kyle O'Reilly, who I'm a, I'm a big fan of and really like his work. I thought he and Moxley had a great match. It was funny. Probably the funnest thing that happened at that show was I'm with my son. We are sitting in the about 10 rows back from the first risers, right opposite of the camera, the hard camera. I think I mentioned this already, but at one point, um, Moxley and O'Reilly are fighting outside the ring for the third time in the match, which is just not what Kyle O'Reilly should be doing. And frankly, Moxley, I think, is better off when he's not doing that bullshit either. I The crowd had kind of died. It was just the crowd was a little tired, but then they were just, you can't see what's going on outside the ring in two thirds of the arena. So the crowds kind of died down, and if you got a loud enough voice, you can boom something out. And I just went, get back in the fucking ring. And Moxley throws O'Reilly back in the ring about five seconds later, and I just yelled out, thank you. And the crowd around us erupted. Everything from in front of us to the ring. Uh, it, it's funny because it's even their fans know that some of this shit is just, as Jim Cornette would say, it's outlaw mud show bullshit. And Moxley's way too talented to get involved in that shit. I don't understand why he's on doing the Game Changer Wrestling stuff. I think it's a bunch of mud show shit. And I just... The whole thing, I think, is kind of an uh, embarrassment when they get out of the ring and start doing too much of that. But uh, Tony Khan, it, it, the whole booking of Forbidden Door has been just horrible, in my view. Um, it's now he's been snake bitten. They do have a deal, you know. Danielson's hurt. They don't know when he was going to be back. They was trying to get Danielson and Zack Saber Jr. into a match. Uh, Danielson's not healthy. That match is probably not going to happen. It's not been advertised. Uh, it looks like it's not going to happen unless we see something on Wednesday. No CM Punk. Uh, We're finding now that Andrade El Lingo, how do you say his new name, uh, is not able to wrestle. And my understanding is that he was going to be the one, according to his, his own interview he had recently, that was going to have a match with Will Ospreay. But because of the relationship between New Japan and AAA, Andrade is not able to wrestle those um, those those wrestlers. So he's not able to appear on that card because it's involving New Japan, who does not have an agreement. And so certain wrestlers are not allowed to do that. That seemed like something Tony should have checked in advance, didn't it? If you know you've got guys who are also wrestling in AAA or CCML or Impact or or anywhere, don't you think you probably should be talking to those companies and saying, hey, who can he not wrestle? I want to put him with this guy. What do you think? Um, if He wants to talk about the Forbidden Door, and AEW has done a job of wanting to get New Japan. They've worked with Impact in the past. We've seen them with AAA. If they want to be that place for those companies to expose their people to the, the, uh, to uh, American TV watching, have a better communication than what Tony Khan has been doing. And I just think that it's, it, it's difficult. I think that he's not doing his due diligence. The other piece I think is really poor about Tony Khan's booking, and I think this goes back to day one of AEW. It's my number one complaint. He assumes that everyone watching their show watches everything, and we don't. I've never watched an episode of AAA wrestling. I've watched New Japan, but it's been three or four years back when they used to be on, uh, I think it was HDNet at some point. Um, same thing when he bought Ring of Honor. You know, again, we're not all watching this. The majority of the people who are watching. Um, impact, are watching um, Dynamite and Rampage on TNT and TBS are not watching some of these other, especially international shows, online. Now, he's making the assumption that we all know what's going on. A great example. A couple of weeks ago, I guess about a month ago now, the FTR is attacked by Great O'Con and Jeff Cobb. Now, clearly... That was setting up their, their match for Forbidden Door. But when, they, when the announcers talk about who these people are, they just mention the name United Empire. Well, I don't know who those people are. What is the background of those guys? What do they have against the FTR? Is it purely that they're champions in one place and, they, and these guys are champions in, in Ring of Honor? Tell us some background. Take a few minutes and tell us a story. And AEW is absolutely horrible at it. They're horrible at it, and what they've done is they've made it to where all that information comes through one person, and that's through Excalibur, and Excalibur is just shouting names and assuming we all know who this is. I'll give you an example. FTR is going to be fighting in a triple threat match at Forbidden Door. Versus the United Empire, which is Great O'Con and Jeff Cobb. Now, we've seen Jeff Cobb on AEW, so we know who that is. I don't know who the hell Great O'Con is. They're facing Rapongi Vice, which is Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero. Now, we've seen Trent and Rocky Romero plenty of times on AEW as part of the best friends. But who the hell is Rapongi Vice? I guess that was their name as a tag team in New Japan? How am I supposed to know that? Tell me a story. Let me know why. The whole thing isn't who, what, when, where. Why is the most important part. And this is what WWE especially used to be good at, was giving you the old, the old VTRs and telling you, hey, here's why this is happening. Give me some kind of review. Tell me what's going on. If there's something I need to know about these teams for this pay-per-view match, and you want me to be emotionally invested, give me a reason. I'm going to run down the forbidden door pay-per-view. We know that there is going to be an interim AEW title match with now CM Punk being hurt. They've announced an interim match. I thought that AEW has handled at least part of this fine. And that's, they did the, Moxley was the number one contender. They had the Battle Royal, which looked like a clusterfuck, but it did what it was supposed to do. And you had the elimination match. You got Moxley versus Tanahashi. Now, Tanahashi is the big guy from New Japan. They went ahead to help New Japan. They had a match in Japan with Tanahashi and somebody else. Seeing the winner of this match will meet the winner of this piece over here. So now we got Mox and Tanahashi for the interim title. We got Jay White coming over, and he's going to be defending. He's now the IWGP champion. He beat Okada for the title. Okada is also not going to be on this pay per view. As I'm led to believe now from what I read on the internet, we don't know what all is true. He's expecting his first child, or a child if he has, if it's first or not. But he and his wife are expecting, and she's due sometime in and around the pay per view time. So. He drops the belt to Jay White, who now is going to have a match. It looked like we were going to have Hangman Page versus Okada. Now we look like we're going to have Hangman Page with Jay White, and somehow Adam Cole may be involved in this. This should get cleared up in the next, I don't know, couple of, the next couple of days, I would hope. But again, give me a reason. If the pay-per-view, this is now Monday, The pay per view is next Sunday. It's six days away. And I got to watch a title match. I should know what the match is going to be before six days out. And I should care. And AEW has a lot of TV time. They basically wasted last week's show when it came to these things. All they did last week was make sure that the Young Bucks won the tag team titles. That's basically all you could take away from watching last week's show. Then you got a Friday night show, which. Is basically a gimmick goof-off to put Danhausen and Hook on television. Okay, that's the that whole show. We talked about the FTR match. This is going to be for the IWGP and ROH titles. We're not going to put, we're going to put a third team in here, this Ropangi Vice, but we're not going to put the third team being the Young Bucks, the AEW champions. No, 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 we can't have that because the Young Bucks are not going to be able to win that match, and God forbid the Young Bucks have to have to lose to somebody. So. I expected FTR is going to win that. I expect Mox, Mox, uh, Moxley to beat Tanahashi, and I expect Jay White to uh, win his match as well. Then we've got, again, we were supposed to get, as my understanding, Andrade versus Will Ospreay. Uh, Will Ospreay, I thought they did a decent job of this. I was at the, the show two weeks ago now when Will Ospreay came out with um, his group, and again, I'm not sure on names on that one, uh, but they came out and fought. Uh, they came out and went after the FTR. They had a match, the FTR and Trent Barretta, uh versus um, that group. And Will Osprey is very impressed with. I know he's done a couple other matches while he's here in America. It looks like he's going to be facing Orange Cassidy. That was brought out on Friday or I think it was Wednesday night. Uh, The return of Orange Cassidy. My little dog pockets, as Jim Cornette likes to call him. And I can't stand this guy. I see no reason why this guy's on television. Anybody that's going to wrestle a match with his fucking hands in his pockets, I don't get it. I don't get the gimmick. And uh, this is an absolute waste of Will Ospreay. There was other people they could have used here. uh, Whether it was Andrade, whether it was... You could have split up Hangman and Cole and put one of them versus Ospreay and one of them versus Jay White. Tell a couple stories here. You know, just do some things. But instead, Tony Khan has to put, you know, my little dog Pockets in this match instead. On the ladies' side, we got Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm for the AEW Women's World title. And then, in this clusterfuck that Tony Khan just belts out, I was at the show. The Mid- uh, I'm sorry, all Atlantic title. We've got people who have won matches already. So we got Pac and Miro who have already qualified versus another qualifier coming, which is rumored to be Malachi Black. We'll see that on Wednesday versus someone from New Japan, which looks like it's going to be um, Ishii. And uh, I like I like Ishii. It's the the Stone Pitbull. I like that dude. He's good. So we'll have some kind of a four way match, but they have a little promo and then rush this in to have this all-Atlantic title ready for the pay-per-view, but you did it two weeks out. Why couldn't you talk about this a month ago? You're trying to build a pay-per-view. You're trying to build interest. Talk about it a month in advance. It's just horrible. And the last announced match... Sammy Guevara is now back with Jericho in their group, and they're going to team up with Minoru Suzuki versus Yuta Wheeler, Eddie Kingston, I like Eddie Kingston, and Shot Umino him, is from New Japan. So we're going to have some kind of clusterfuck. We've got to throw a couple of guys from AEW and New Japan on each side and have a match. Um, this is just one of these Jericho jerk-off fests, as far as I'm concerned. Jericho is doing the worst work I've seen him do since he has left WWE. I I disagree. With all. Some folks say he's doing his best work. This is bullshit. What he's doing here is horrible. He's just sucking the life out of new people. And if you want to, if you don't believe me, tell me anybody around him who has actually been better off when they've left him, except for MJF. And MJF is the best thing going today, and I think that's largely on him, not on Jericho. So um, I think that everybody Jericho has touched in AEW has been worse off for having touched Jericho. So um, a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, There's also a possibility of adding a Brian Danielson match on here if he's healthy. We'll know on Wednesday if that's going to happen. I doubt it. Otherwise, we'd be we'd be hearing some things. It's um, I, I'm a little pissed now that I'm going to this. Be honest. I'm taking my son. It's a it's a birthday present for him. And I'm thinking this will be cool. You know, we're going to have AEW, the best of AEW, the best of New Japan. I mean, we'll see CM Punk. We'll see Brian Danielson. We'll see Okada. And what are you going to give me instead? You're going to give me Orange Cassidy, Rapongi Vice a triple threat match pop probably for an IWGP title, you're not telling me any stories here. If you want me to continue to watch, give me a reason. Tell a story. I don't, I mean, I AEW is doing better than WWE in my, in my view. WWE's programming is horrible. I don't even watch most of it now. And AEW, I will watch... Dynamite, but I don't watch Rampage. And I just, I'm looking at this going, okay, you know, set the pay per view up. Come on, Tony, set it up. Don't just assume that we know everything and throw it out there. I think there's a lot of booking that Tony just thinks is, it's just him thinking about what. This is cool. This in fantasy world is cool because of all this stuff that's happened previously. We don't know about that. Tell us. If Mox and Tanahashi have a background, they have a history, show us. Don't just tell Moxie to get on the microphone and explain it. Instead, show us. They've had matches before. Hey, you're working with the company. You're working with New Japan. They'll get you the footage. Get the footage. Show it. Here's the breakdown. Here's why. Tell me who Will Ospreay is. Tell me who United Empire is. Tell me. Don't assume that I'm just going to know. So Tony Khan, got to get your shit together, man. I, I tell you, it was funny. When I was at Dynamite a couple weeks ago, one of my favorite signs I saw was a gentleman, probably around my age, uh, about sitting two or three seats in front of me, And he had a sign that simply said, Tony, cut the shit. And that's exactly what he's talking about. I think there's some really good stuff there. I think that their product is a better product than WWE. But if you can't tell me a story, why should I care? All right, a couple programming notes we're going to get out of here. Uh, Ellen will not be joining us in the Point .5 this week. She's got some personal stuff, and she's going to be doing some traveling, being a mom and traveling. And so with that, it'll be uh, me kind of piecing a couple of things together for the Point .5 on Friday. On next Monday, we're going to be a little bit late, as this one is, and you'll be getting uh, our review of Forbidden Door. It'll be myself and my son, P. Money, will be doing a review getting that out to you probably on Tuesday of next week. Uh, I'm going to try to get it done by Monday, but you just never know. We're traveling in the middle of all that as well. So a little programming there as we go. Uh, we appreciate the feedback, appreciate everything. Don't forget to check out Gold Belly. They're get great to sponsor us again this week, and we'd love for you to uh, give them a chance, take a look at what they've got. You check out the link in the bio. Um, and again, thank you for joining us here on the Coach Bono's podcast. I want to thank... Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox, for all you do behind the scenes. Thank you, folks. Uh, most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Without you, we wouldn't be doing this. Uh, don't forget to rate us and review us, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Anywhere you get your podcast. we appreciate every five-star review. Uh, I may even come in here and start reading reviews because we're getting a few, and I think we're going to start reading some of those. Also, what a touch base where I'm going to do a little more about this next week, but we're going to have a couple of... Uh, Open forums. I'm going to bring a couple of folks in, friends of mine. We're going to talk about some different things. Uh, we're going to have a uh, thing where I'm bringing some uh, lady friends in to talk about what women want. Um, so, guys, send you questions. If you, if you want to know what women are looking at, that kind of stuff, what they're looking for, uh, give me a shout. You can always email the show, Show at gmail.com. And we're going to be doing some stuff cool over the next couple of weeks. Have some fun with that. We also got the Star Wars draft coming up here in the next couple of weeks as well. So keep that all in mind. I hope you're enjoying this. Um, we'll be back. I'll be back on Friday with the 0.5. We'll be talking sports on that. We won't do too much in the AEW setup. We'll uh, instead leave that for Monday's review. So this is kind of our preview today of all things the AEW Forbidden Door. So hope you guys have enjoyed it. If you've got some uh, comments, questions, comments, anything, hit us up. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Send us an email. If you want to come on and argue with me about some items, I'm happy to do that too. So let's chat. Hey, until next time, until Friday, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember your time tokens are not refundable. Take care, everybody.